Thank you for listening to The Rest is History. For bonus episodes, early access, ad-free listening, and access to our chat community, sign up at restishistorypod.com. That's restishistorypod.com. Welcome to The Rest is History. We are at number two in the 12 days of Christmas. But the rest is history being the rest is history. We're not really doing the 12 days. We're doing the 13 days, aren't we, Tom? We are. Do you to explain why we're doing 13 days for those people who missed day one? Well, because the 12 days of Christmas, uh, you can begin them either on Christmas Day or on today, Boxing Day, um, the 26th of December. And because we're gluttons for punishment, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're hedging our bets and we're, we're, doing, we're doing both. So uh, it, this will yeah. be running to the 6th of January. And for those of you who missed the first one, we chose two very light, frivolous subjects. <laughs> yes. We did the correlation the of Charlemagne Christmas, and the Christmas birth Day. of the Holy Roman Empire. And then we did uh, the resignation of Mikhail Gorbachev and the end of the USSR. So two very jolly, festive, seasonal topics. To, but to, today's, uh, well, they're definitely, one of them is definitely very, very seasonal and festive. Um, yes. And they're both musical. And they're both jolly, aren't they? They're both jolly, yes. So I, I've chosen um, Good King Wenceslas looking out on the Feast of Stephen, when the snow lay round about, deep in Christmas even. Brightly shone the moon that night, though the frost was cruel, when a poor man came in sight, gathering winter fuel. Do you not want to sing that? You're not going to sing that? I'm going to, I'm going to sing it a bit later on. Oh, I've that's got another exciting. verse to sing. That's something for people to look but You to. can probably tell from my... I've got a slightly th- sore throat. Yeah. Right. So, uh, when are we, Tom? Well, so w- when are we? So, so this carol, very famous one, um, is uh, written in 1853. The lyrics, okay, by a man called John Mason Neal, yeah, who is Anglo-Catholic. So he's he's Church of England, which is Protestant, but he's very keen on the kind of Catholic <coughs> inheritance of the Church of England. So he's keen on saints and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so he's interested in the example of Good King Wenceslas, who is a Bohemian saint from the tenth century, and he you so the music that he uses. It's actually, it's not Christmassy. It's um, t- associated with Easter. Ooh. So it's it's a 13th century hymn. Um, Tempus adest floridum. So Tempus adest floridum, which means, of course, uh, it's Easter. Okay. So, so isn't that amazing? So that's a kind of interesting detail. Um, but of yeah. course, begs the question, so who who is good King Wenceslas? That's what I want to know. That's what the listeners want to know. Do you know, he was good, but he oh. wasn't a, he wasn't a king. Was he, was he a duke? He was a duke. He was the Duke of Bohemia. Um, and he's, uh, so he's, um, he's around the same time as Athelstan. So he's ruling mm-hmm. Bohemia Top at the king. same time as Athelstan yeah. is, is becoming king of England. So um, 920s, 930s. I'm just looking at his dates now. 921 to 935. Yep. So the, pretty, uh, pretty much exactly the same time as Athelstan. And he really was, yes, I'm reading it, I'm reading it as we speak. He really was <laughs> called, he really was called Wenceslas. I'd assume yeah, that was an, a sort of anglicization of some impenetrable Slavic name, but um, um, but he he's he's because he's so saintly and holy, and as we'll discover, because he gets uh, murdered and and therefore he, people say he was martyred, um, he's posthumously created a king by uh, Otto the Great, who we mentioned yesterday. Friend of the very much a friend of the show, very much a friend of the show, very much a friend of the Twelve Days of Christmas. We should try and work Otto the Great into every single yeah, right. episode. Um, so. He is, um, I mean, basically he's, he's just, he, he's, um, 
I think he's the grandson of the Bohemian who'd converted to Christianity. He's just rushes around. You know, he's a bit like Scrooge after his um, visit from the three ghosts. Right. He just r- rushes around kind of handing out stuff to poor people. Um, and the, 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 so the original story, but his deeds, I think, you know, better than I could tell you for as is read in his passion, no one doubts that rising every night from his noble bed with bare feet and only one chamberlain, he went around to God's churches and gave alms generously to widows, orphans, those in prison and afflicted by every difficulty. So much so that he was considered not a prince, but the father of all the wretched. So oh, that story nice of him seeing a poor man gathering winter fuel and he summons his page and they go out and the, remember the, the, um, the page struggles. So the page sings, Sire, the night is darker now, and the wind blows stronger. Fails my heart, I know not how, I can go no longer. Mark my footsteps, good my page, tread thou in them boldly. Thou shalt find the winter's rage, freeze thy blood less coldly. So that's the miracle. That's beautiful. That was yeah, really thank lovely. you, thank you. Um, so that's the miracle, is that good King Wenceslas, he has a kind, you know, he has a thermal quality <laughs> to his <Right>. bare feet. <laughs> yeah. He's a radiator. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a living saintly radiator. Um, but, so, but, but, but he has a brother yeah. who brilliantly is called Boleslaus the Cruel. <laughs> so <laughs> you, can, you can imagine them growing up in their bohemian nursery. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and there's dear. a massive clue, you know, a huge clue that it's not going to end out well when your brother's called the Cruel. Boleslaus, I'm looking at this, Boleslaus is four years, four years younger. So and he, he probably is driven mad by Wenceslas's niceness and kindness. He's rushing, yes. I mean, you know, he, he can't go out in the snow and warm it up with his yeah. radiator like feet. So, um, so he gets, he gets cross and there's a coup and Wenceslas gets run through by a spear. Some say, uh, held by, uh, Boleslas himself. Oh, golly. Um, and so Boleslas is actually quite a good king. Yeah. I'm reading yeah. it. I, this is a fascinating story, Tom. It's so fascinating that while you're talking, I'm actually reading a web page on it. <laughs> okay, we'll contribute. You know. No, I'm gonna, well, I will contribute. I'll tell you a fact. <laughs> so according to tradition, at the very moment that Wenceslas was murdered, Boleslaus had a son. His son yeah. was born. Did you see that? Yeah. Do you know what his son was called? I can't remember. Strashkvas. <laughs> Do you know what that means? No. A dreadful feast. A dreadful feast? Yeah. Well, that's fair enough then, isn't it? And did he yeah. have a sobriquet? Uh, well, I mean, does he need a sobriquet? I mean, if you're called a dreadful well, feast. I... <laughs> well, dreadful. So, so he doesn't succeed, Boleslaus. Boleslaus is succeeded ah. by his eldest son, who's also, do you know what he's called? No. Boleslaus. The pious. Oh, so you've got. Cooking so Wenceslas. Yeah. Boleslaus the cruel, Boleslaus yeah. the pious. It's a real roller coaster for checks, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? So bohemian, <laughs> bohemian history in the 10th century is great. Um, and the story is uh, Wenceslas for the, for the Bohemians, for the, for the Czechs is a, a bit of a, a King Arthur figure. Yeah. So it, it is thought that he's asleep underneath a mountain. Um, and that when the Czechs need him, he will wake up, uh, or that there's a large statue of him in, in, uh, Prague in Wenceslas square. Yeah. Enough. Uh, and, and that statue will, will come alive and he will lead a procession over the bridge, Charles bridge. And, uh, he will stumble, and as he stumbles, his sword will be revealed. Ooh. Brunchvik. 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 Brun- That's a good name for a sword. I will say this. Um, if Wenceslas were planning to return, I mm-hmm. think he would have done so already. 
Yes. The Czechs had a pretty tough time in the yes. 20th century. Yeah. And there were multiple opportunities for him to make his appearance. But, yeah. And he failed to do so. Yeah. Poor. So. Unless there's worse to come. Also. Which we hope not. If you, you know, surely you'd want Boleslaus the Cruel to come back, wouldn't you? I mean, he's the person you'd need in your army. You wouldn't want. Well, you know, it, de- it depends when if you're. Scary, it, well, giving it, presents to people. <laughs> it depends if you're walking barefoot in the winter or not. I suppose so, yeah. Because if you're, like, if you're doing that, army, you definitely want... Um, Red Army tanks a, a, a in the Prague with, Spring. With a, a the last man he wanted Wenceslas, the good King Wenceslas. Well, maybe that's why he didn't come. Maybe yeah. the great crisis facing the Bohemians, the Czechs, will be that they need someone to warm up the pavements with his feet. Yeah. And that's what he'll do. Have you seen this thing that the Czechs have renamed their country in the last few Czechia. years? Czechia. Yeah, you see yeah. it on Google Maps. Yeah. Um Rather than the Czech Republic. I, do you think Czechia will catch on? I, I wish it was called Bohemia. But it can't be because of Moravia. The Moravians don't want it to be called Bohemia. And to call it, because it's actually made up of three regions, Bohemia, Moravia, and part of Silesia. But I'm really sad that Bohemia has, has kind of vanished from the map. Yeah, it's a good name. It's a bit like Persia. Yeah. It's kind of romance to it. I agree. There's a great romance to it. It's very Thirty Years' War, I always think, kind of... Uh, well, very, very 10th century, I think. Yeah, well, anyway. So that's Bohemia. That's Gunking Wenceslas. Should we take a break now, Tom? Have you got anything more should, to say yeah. about Gunking? Do you want to do more singing? Do you want to sing a song? Uh, no, no, because you, cause when we come back, we're, we're doing Gilbert and Sullivan, aren't we? So, yeah, um, and I can I assure you, you I'm, not go- I'm, I'm absolutely not going to be singing. Are you not? No. Because the music is Because the music is lost. So I've got a good yeah, reason. But you could, you could sing some Gilbert and Sullivan. Very model of a modern major general. I am the very model of a modern major general. Goodbye. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Bottling everything up is never a good idea. It can have terrible consequences. For instance, look at all the conflicts throughout history. I wonder how many of them could have been solved if they just talked things out. And Tom, I have a confession for our listeners. As you know, I've been really struggling with anxiety about the massive series that we've got coming on The Rest is History, all the prep we have to do for that series on the French Revolution, the First World War. I mean, it's all mounting up, isn't it? And when we talked it out, I felt so much better now that I got all those crippling anxieties and insecurities off my chest. If you want to talk, you can always talk to me. But if not, then I highly recommend therapy. It can help you learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It empowers you, Dominic, to be the best version of yourself. If you want to give therapy a try, why not check out BetterHelp? It's entirely online, it's convenient and flexible, and it's really easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and they'll match you with a licensed therapist. Get it off your chest. With BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash rest is history today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash rest is history. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, 
Was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? Well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy, too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics U.S. wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, welcome back to The Rest is History on Boxing Day, St. Stephen's Day, 26th of December. Uh, we've already, um, we've ticked off uh, Good King Wenceslas looking out. Uh, and now, Dominic, you have another musical number for us, Gilbert and Sullivan themed. I do, I do. So Boxing Day is a day of jollity and a day of music. Um, and a day of, yeah, <laughs> just a day of general sort of hijinks and stuff. So I thought Gilbert and Sullivan would be a great place to to come in. So Gilbert and Sullivan... The great kind of Victorian sort of light opera, um, stars of, um, of, of British popular culture, incredibly popular around the world, particularly in America. So if you look at the list of kind of amateur performances and things of Gilbert and Sullivan plays, I mean, the number in America is mind boggling. Um, but their very first play, Tom, it's a Greek theme. You see, that's why I thought, yeah. that's why I picked it. So their very first, uh, collaboration. In 1871, starting on Boxing Day, 1871. That's the day it opened, is it? Yes, the day it opened. The Gaiety Theatre was a play, an opera called Thespis, or The Gods Grown Old. So you've got these two characters. You've got um, Gilbert, who's a bit older, who's the son of a naval surgeon. He does the words. And Sullivan, who's a great composer, son of a military bandmaster, who's born in 1842. Um, and he does the music. Now, Sullivan sees himself as a sort of serious composer, which he was. <laughs> and unfortunately, he's always, you know, he's, he's sort of, it's the Made classic with thing. with a comedian. Yeah, it's the classic thing. It's sort of, sort of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle trying to escape Sherlock Holmes, that Sullivan mm. is always slightly trying to escape Gilbert and Sullivan, but Gilbert kind of drags him back in with his stories of magic lozenges and, and things of this. Pirates and, and yeah, yeah, all of this sort of stuff. So they get, they get brought together to work on this, on this opera. It's basically a Christmas entertainment. Um, the plan is for it to just run for a few weeks or months. Um, it is advertised as an entirely original grotesque opera in two acts. I like and that. A grotesque opera. A grotesque opera. So if you're going to enter an opera, you want it to be pretty grotesque, I think. Yeah. Um, so the story. Do you want to know the story, Tom? Um, well, I'm, so Thespis is an act, the first actor. 
Yeah, the father of drama. Or, yeah. Is he the first actor or... He's, well, he's, the first, yeah, yeah, he's the person who first acts in a tragedy. Yeah, exactly. So the plan is... So the story is that basically the gods have grown elderly on Mount Olympus and they're just bored and they feel like no one listens to them anymore. And is this is this set in ancient Greece or in... Yeah, in ancient Greece, not in modern right. Greece. Okay. Um, uh, so they they fancy a change and they decide that they will swap places with Thespis and his actors. So the actors all come up to Olympus and the story is basically them trying to rule the universe and they are terrible at it. And does so th- um, hilarity ensue? It does. So the replacement, <laughs> do you know the, the replacement for, 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 for Mars, do you know what his name is? Timidon. Oh, that's, that's. And, and Timidon, do you know what's so comic about this? He's, He's a pacifist. He's, He's a pacifist. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, the substitute for Hymen, the kind of goddess of, what's she, the goddess of marriage. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't want to marry anybody. That's the joke. She's a you know, confirmed spinster. spinster. Um, and the guy who's replacing Pluto. Um, he, uh, he, is a spendthrift? Uh, no, he, he doesn't like anybody dying. Doesn't, want any, let, okay. doesn't let anybody die. Doesn't want anyone to come to the underworld. God, hilarity doesn't sue. Yeah, it's mayhem. It's absolute mayhem. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> the gods down on it's Earth. That's what you want of a, a boxing the, day. The gods down on Earth, are, uh, they're shocked by this. Carry on. And they... Um, they return to Olympus and they kick out the actors and they say, go back to Earth. Your fate is to become eminent tragedians whom no one ever goes to see. That's funny. That's, that's still funny. And that's uh, that's what happens. So it runs. So this opens on Boxing Day and it runs for 63 performances. Which is a success. Uh, which is a great success. And um, everybody thinks, well, a lot of people think it's it's, it's very funny. It, well, the, the, the public think it's funny, but the critics... Are, are are not terribly impressed. So, do you want to hear a couple of the reviews? Yeah. Uh, a publication called The Hornet. You wouldn't want to be reviewed by The Hornet. <laughs> you wouldn't. So the, the problem is that they, they review only the premiere, and the premiere is much, much too long. So in the, in the sort of um, the, the adverts, the management of the Gaiety Theatre have said, you must book your carriages for 11 o'clock. But it's gone past 12, and the play is still, <laughs> yeah. still going on, midnight. The Jaypuri is still So the Hornet, the, the Hornets, the play is actually called Thespis, or the Gods Grown Old. But the headline on the Hornets review is the Thespis, follows. the Gods Grown Old and Wearisome, in capital letters. <laughs> and the, yeah. uh, the morning advertiser says, it is a dreary, tedious, two-act rigmarole of a plot, grotesque without wit, and the music thin without liveliness. The curtain falls before a yawning and weary audience. But apart so, from that, how did you enjoy the play? Yeah. So, um, so the music I think is lost. That's why I can't sing it much as I would like to. Oh, that is a shame. Because obviously at that point, no one knows that Gilbert and Sullivan is going to turn out into this tremendous franchise. But how come they haven't kept the music? How come they haven't kept the music? Yeah. I don't know. I think Sullivan just probably dashed it off. Knocked just it thought, off. Yeah. I just thought this is a load of old tosh. Mm. Make some money out of it. Um, you know, quite odd not to have kept it though. Well, I don't know. I mean, I haven't, I haven't, I'm, I don't claim to be a Sullivanologist. Okay. Um, so anyway, the next thing is a thing called Trial by Jury. That's, I think, reasonably successful. And then they get into the world of topsy turvydom. Do you know, to- have you seen the film Topsy Turvy? No. It's great. Is that actually. the, um, the Mike Lee. Lee? Mike Lee film? No, I haven't. It's really good. It's I've really good. I've never seen the Gilbert and Sullivan. I don't, I don't know anything about them. I mean, I do, because I vaguely, I, you know. That Paris of Pennsylvania. Very model of a modern major general. The Mikado, a short, sharp shock. Yeah. It's the kind of thing, I suppose, I think Gilbert and Sullivan, for people of our generation, is slightly tainted, because it's the kind of thing that's very unlovely. Um, (laughs) Very unlovely 
uh, sort of John Major era cabinet ministers would recite at Tory yes, party conferences. Yes, they would. Yes, they would. I have a little list. On, I have a little list. Attack on single mothers. Yes, um, it was Peter Lilly, wasn't it? It was. He 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 sung a bit ago with Sullivan, and the audience loved it. But the rest of the country was <laughs> absolutely and voted for Tony Blair. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, but I think Gilbert and Sullivan is very jolly. Um, it's all sort of gentle satire of institutions and so on, which still stands. So should up I today. watch one? Would you you'd recommend I should? I think the Mikado. Is, I think you should watch Topsy Turvy the film because yeah. that is brilliant. On okay. Jim Broadbent is. Do I need to know about it? No, you can know nothing about it at all. Okay, I'll do that. It's a brilliant recreation of Victorian England and of that world. And then the the most famous ones are probably the Pirates of Penzance and the Mikado. And the Mikado, yeah. Though the Mikado is now in danger, isn't it? Of being, it's been Cancel, seen as the it? ultimate cultural appropriation because it's all about Japan. It is three pure. little three little maids. Three little maids are we? Three little maids. I don't know the words, but that's how it goes. Anyway, yeah. it's it's. I've seen the Mikado, and it's very. They're jolly. Chinese, aren't they? No, Jap- Japanese, Japanese, of course. Japanese, Japanese, Japanese. So Gilbert had been to an exhibition of Japanese sort of art and stuff, and that gave him the idea for the Mikado. Um, but it's actually not about Japan. I mean, the joke is it's a kind the, of the parody. The Great Pooh Bar. <laughs> yeah, the Great Pooh Bar is like the uh, a sort of the civil servant. I mean, it's clearly it, it's a bit like the importance of being earnest, or that you don't have to have seen it. It's kind no, of exactly. floats around as you know <laughs> vaguely, yeah. vaguely synthesized idea. And there are these idioms like a short, sharp shock that have um, that have sort of penetrated into the into oh, yeah, the language okay. Okay. because of Gilbert and Sullivan. They're actually just as popular in um in in america so you'll see loads of references to it in kind of you know that sort of t- kind so of american it's, it's, tweedy Mikado- american columnist who will yes. quote gilwin sullivan yes uh so, so the mikado is genuinely problematic is it i don't think it is genuinely problematic because people so fought back against its cancellation because they fine. pointed out it's not meant to be about japan it's about britain it, isn't it it's about britain it's the a satire of britain office. Yeah, exactly. It's that yeah. kind of thing. It's a satire of Britain, and it uses okay. the and the, the joke is that it's a bad version of Japan, and it's not a real. Well, um, that's very that's very up to date satire. Um, so, uh, so that's um. So I think everybody should watch. So obviously, Turby is a brilliant Boxing Day film. It's very okay. Jolly. Well, do you know Dominic? Great um, music. You've inspired me. I will. I will watch it on Boxing Day. I watch it today because, of course, today is Boxing Day. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. You haven't given the game away that we're recording before. <laughs> I know. I always blew it there, but I think I think we got away with it. Yeah, I think you did. Uh, so anyway, uh, have a very happy rest of Boxing Day, um, and we will see you tomorrow with our choices for two events that fell on the twenty seventh of December. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to The Rest is History. For bonus episodes, early access, ad-free listening, and access to our chat community, please sign up at restishistorypod.com. That's restishistorypod.com.